Success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. And I cannot wait to introduce you to this invincible one, Francesca Witzberg. She is an attorney. She's an award-winning legal strategist and intellectual property expert representing top businesses, brands, entrepreneurs, and celebrities. Inspired by her love of culture, fashion, music, art, tech, and entertainment, she helps businesses monetize their IP and stay protected and profitable. Francesca has worked with some of the top global brands, including Prada and Tory Burch, and at the largest law firm in the world. She's currently a partner at the nationally ranked IP law firm Loza and Loza. Francesca's practice centers on all aspects of trademark, copyright, and brand protection matters as well as commercial transactions. She helps entrepreneurs and businesses in entertainment, fashion, beauty, luxury, technology, and consumer product industries protect, enforce, and monetize their intellectual property assets. She reviews their current assets to see what protections already exist, sees where clients have major gaps and exposure, and then designs a personal protection strategy, which includes education and ongoing support. Francesca has counseled top businesses, celebrities, artists, athletes, and influencers. She also advises an array of clients from Fortune 500 companies. Francesca received her law degree from the Benjamin and Cardoza School of Law in Manhattan, where she was the editor-in-chief of the top-ranked Cardozo Arts and Entertainment Law Journal. Francesca is passionate about intellectual property and frequently writes, speaks, and teaches on the subject with academically published pieces in the Trademark Reporter, Women's Wear Daily, and Pepperdine Journal of Business. She has also been recognized as New York Super, Lawyers, Rising Stars, and as Best Lawyers, Ones to Watch. She currently sits on the board of directors of venture capital firm Grant Barco, Capital and acts as a legal advisor for the anti-Asian discrimination group AAP, I Belong, founded by Elizabeth Kari, mother of the woman attacked in Times Square this year. In her spare time, she loves to spend time with her family, read, write, run, and Peloton. Oh my gosh, Francesca, I like how I do you just do go it home all? now? That's <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Just bye, right? Mic drop. <laughs> How do you do it all? Oh my gosh, it's so much fun to share your bio. And just to, when you listen to that, are you thinking like, where did she get that story? Oh my gosh, 
I feel bad that it was that long. <laughs> no, you, but you did that. <laughs> you did that. And that is amazing. And you're still doing it and you're doing even more today. And I just love, I, I know I told you before we hit record, but I just love what you're doing. But even more than that, I love the way you're doing it because you're teaching women, right? Women attorneys that there is another way. It doesn't yes. have to be the hard way. You can create the way that is perfect for you. And I love that. And I cannot wait to dive right in and talk about all the things. So let's do this. Let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners, how in the world did you get where you are today? And what makes you invincible? Thank you so much. Well, I'm really excited to be here. And, you know, you mentioned something being able to inspire other women attorneys, and even I think just just women professionals and business women, um, entrepreneurial life is just as strenuous, you know, just because you don't have a salary doesn't mean that you don't have to work a lot. In fact, I find I find it's the, it's the opposite. Sometimes on being an entrepreneur, it's really hard to turn it off. You basically work around the clock. So, um, but leaving big law and finding a firm where I can have that flexibility has been a huge shift where it's okay if I'm working on weekends and around the clock, because now I'm doing things I get to choose and it's, doing things that are for me and for my brand, which I love and I'm really passionate about. What inspired you to become an attorney in the first place? Was that like a childhood dream or tell us how you got there? It's really funny because a lot of lawyers have a very similar story. At some point in their lives when they were young, they were told either because they had an affinity for debating you know, or maybe they like to argue that they would make good lawyers. And that's kind of like my cliche story is I always questioned a lot and I loved reading and I would just always kind of push people and I liked to, de to debate. So very early on, my whole family was like, oh, Francesca's is just going to be a lawyer. She's going to be a lawyer. But then you actually get to college and you have to figure out, OK, what am I going to do with my life? And I wasn't sure I wanted to be a lawyer. So I did nonprofit work. I worked with a Hispanic immigrant service center. So I did non nonprofit, non-governmental -govern uh, organization work. And then I studied abroad in Madrid. And that was really like the pivotal point in my life where I was living in a city full of culture and art and history and learning a different language. And for me, it was just really exciting to be immersed in that. And when I came back, I realized, okay, I have the opportunity to go to law school in New York City and learn how to be a good lawyer for potential businesses. And then I did go to law school. I decided to go that route, but didn't know what kind of lawyer I wanted to be because again, it's like college, you get there and you're like, okay, what do I want to do? Um, but I learned this, there was this whole world of intellectual property and protecting creatives and businesses. So that was the, the light bulb went off for me, how I basically was able to combine my love of culture, fashion, art, and reading and helping businesses and helping others. And it all kind of fused together in this career that I chose, which is intellectual property law. I love it. 
I love it. So tell us the next part. So you were working in Manhattan, the largest firm in the world. So that's like an attorney's dream, right? You come out of, out of law school and boom, here you are. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's, it was really exciting, right? It's, it's especially being a law student now in the middle of the pandemic, a lot of people are applying virtually to be able to get those, to get those jobs and in the career, in the industry that you want was something that was really special. So I started out at an IP boutique firm where all I did was trademarks basically day in, day out, all types of trademark law issues. And then after two years, I moved to the world's biggest law firm <laughs> in Rock Center. And for three years of my life, I worked with really high-end businesses in all sorts of industries, protecting their IP. And then I also started doing a lot more copyright work, which I love. I always loved copyright. Um, so I got my foot in with that. And then also contracts. So that's why today I'm able to be, you know, a trademark copyright and a contract lawyer uh, and help people with all of that, that um, aspect. I worked really hard for three years, which we can talk about. Um, you know, they say like to be an expert in something, you have to do it thousands of times over and over again. And uh, that, that was what I did for a while. And that was true, right? That ended up being true because now you are an expert in that. <laughs> I, love I felt, I felt comfortable enough to, to leave and to become a partner and advise clients on my own. Yes. Yes. I love that. Oh my gosh. And so let's tell them that story. Like, you know, so you were doing this for three years and then you decided to, to take a different route. So tell us about this new, new company. Yeah. So, um, a lot happened to me personally. I feel like 2019, 2020 was just, uh, shifting for everyone. It really changed everyone's lives, everyone's perspective. You hear of the great recession, people leaving corporate America or their jobs. And my story is a little bit more unique. Um, I was, I was pregnant during this time and working around the clock really threw myself into work. And I've always been like that. Like I love my job. I was really committed to doing the big law partner thing, whatever sacrifices were going to be done. You know, a lot of women in these high, it doesn't even have to be law. It could be cor corporate jobs. You, you make sacrifices and you talk to your spouses and your families and say, okay, like these five years are going to be hard, <laughs> but we'll figure it out. We'll get help. You know, you map it out. So we did that. We had the talk that I may not be home. I likely will not spend a lot of time with my, my kids. And it was a decision that we were honestly going to make. Um, but then <laughs> 2020 happened and so much, so much happened. And be, when you actually become pregnant or when you actually are starting a family and then it becomes real, like, wait, I'm not going to see my family for that long. I'm going to skip all these things for work. And so that for me was the beginning and then I had my son two months early, literally in the middle of the peak of the pandemic where they like the governor was telling people to stay home. We headed to the hospital. And that moment for me where it was, OK, you're giving life into the world and 
they were playing like Sarah Bareilles' song, Fight Song, every time someone was released from the hospital. And it was going on, on and on and on. So it's like people are just rotating in and out of the hospital. Really, really like mentally crazy stuff. And then they like put this little thing in my arms and I looked at him and was like, oh my gosh, like, hey, you just changed my life. <laughs> oh, isn't that the best, right? So, yeah. oh my and that gosh. that was the moment. I was like, I'm gonna, I loved work, I, but I also like, what, I'm not going to see him for a long time. So I looked and researched and tried to find, you know, I kind of manifested it and I can talk to, I can talk this way because I know you're similar and your viewers probably are like, I literally sat down and was like, okay, I am going to find the firm where I could now build my own book of business and really flourish and thrive as a mom and as a lawyer. Like I'm a really good lawyer. I just need to find the place where I can do it. And I ended up working at this firm and it's kind of a crazy story how I ended up there, but that's really, that was the decision to leave and to start my own um, and become a partner. I love it. Oh my gosh. And you know, there's nothing like it, you know, be when you don't have a family and we're always saying like, when I have a family, I'm never going to do this. Right. And then we all become that mom. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, so, what? You have I no idea. <laughs> it's so funny. So, and I hear that a lot uh, from women is, you know, when they put that little baby in your arms, you're like, everything changes, everything right? Changed. The world They're changed. so tiny. And yet they make this huge, like uproar and, uh, of just, uh, everything changes. So, so fun. I love that. So, and of course the baby is wonderful and fine and thriving, which everyone wants to hear the end of that story. When you yeah. say that, you know, he was born two months early and that's such great news. So tell us, I mean, gosh, what makes you invincible? I think you may have already answered that, but, but give us your version of that. Oh, you know, no one's ever asked me that. I think that's really, um, it's a really interesting question because, you have to mentally get there, right? I think at a certain point in life, you go through things that are just, it's one challenge after the other, after the other. And you may feel like, okay, the, the world's against me, or you may just be broken. But what makes, what makes most of us invincible is just the ability to get back up. Like time and time again, the people who are successful are the ones that uh, take challenge and failure and trauma even and get up and figure it out like okay what am i going to do if if this isn't working maybe the pe maybe it's the people maybe it's the company maybe it's maybe it's me but like never giving up and trying to figure out what the next move is and how to heal and how to go forward i think that's what has made me invincible because i'm not stopping no one will ever stop me <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. I know as you were talking, I was thinking invincible people eat obstacles for breakfast, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, we're like, we get up and we're like, what are we going to do today? Right. And it it's, takes time. yeah, it is. And it's a mental, I love, I don't think anyone's ever shared that with me the way that you did in a sense of saying it first, it starts in your mind because it does like yeah. it, it is a state of mind and then your body follows through with the action. Right. So in your mind, you're like, I don't care what's coming. I am never giving up. And yet you have no idea what that looks like, but you're just committed in your mind that no matter what it is, 
you're doing it, right? We're yeah. going to, that's going to be the breakfast menu. And I love that. Oh my gosh. So I'm so excited to jump in and talk about your topic about those three IP myths. And uh, I can't wait to hear how you debunk them. So let's get started and let's jump in and talk a little bit about that. I know that's your passion and uh, I'm excited to hear. I think it's even with the threat of being invincible, right? You, as business owners and creatives, we all need to figure out how to run a business and use the resources that are around us. There's so much information out there on the internet now. Um, so figuring out what IP law is, what intellectual property law is, it's really important. And it's why I, I'm here and why I'm sharing because everyone needs to know it because everything is IP. We are making intellectual property right now as we record this. This is your intellectual property. This is your podcast and your video content, and it's all protectable. So most people um, understand the very basic concept of that, that they that you can't really take someone else's videos without permission, um, that you have some ownership in it. But I want to debunk a couple of myths that are really important for businesses to understand. Um and so the first one is I get asked all the time, do I need to register my trademark in the United States? This is a tricky one, and I'll explain why. So technically, you have trademark rights just based on use. So just if by having your podcast name or your business name, there are there are certain rights in your trademark, but there's a major caveat to that, which is those rights are limited. In fact, they are limited to the geographic region where the mark is used. Now, what the heck does that mean for online businesses and in our digital world? Um, and whenever you are asking a legal question like that and it's gray, think dollar signs and expensive and litigation, and we want to avoid that. So the way that you get around that test is you file for the trademark. Because once you have a registration, it gives you a presumption of rights in all 50 states. And that's really important. And then you get a piece of paper at the end where you can show people like, hey, the government gave me this. Please stop using my name. And that registration is also monetizable. You can sell your trademarks. You put them, you can put them on your accounting books. There's a lot that goes into having the, the name registered. Um, and also the other downside about just using is if you haven't worked with a trademark lawyer and you haven't done a real search and you just throw a name up, you may think that you have rights, but someone else may own the name if you don't actually check to see. So um, it's very important to go through that formal process and uh, bluntly to work with a lawyer, because even if you use one of those vendor services, they may help you file the application, but without any of the legal analysis and the risk assessment, you could really be subject to a lot of liability and money. And that's why we talk about being protected and profitable. If you're just doing things and cutting corners and not including legal, you're really exposed. And it doesn't matter how much money you make. If you get sued for half a million dollars, it's going to be really hard to operate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. For sure. And it's a reputation, right? Like, you yes. know, now that that goes against your integrity too. So now it's like, you know, 
everything that you work for to, to have a great integrity is now like squash because the people that don't know you don't know that you didn't do it intentionally. Right. So where most people, I, I think are accidentally wander into that place, right. Because they don't know better and they didn't pay an attorney, but well, uh, yeah, everyone that's needs to search and file. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Whew. What's number two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's trademarks. Yeah. Trademarks, very high level. Trademarks uh, are source indicators. So those are names that are you we all use to tell our consumers and our viewers that this is my podcast or this is my show. This is my product or my goods or my services and not someone else's. You use them to literally tell people who's behind whatever goods and services. It's like when you go to uh, another country and you see McDonald's Golden Arches. You, you know that it's the McDonald's that we all know. It's not just some random people who have taken those names. That's why we use trademarks. There is a other intellectual property right called copyrights. Copyrights, um, copyrights protect creative works. So they protect th these videos we're making, the audio, photos, movies, film, art, poetry, a lot of it, but they also protect our courses, our methods, our frameworks. There's really creative ways that you can work with lawyers to protect the content that you're building and selling and offering to clients. And there's also another registration caveat, right? So copyrights in the United States are immediate and actually they're upon creation. So you don't have to actually use them in commerce. You don't have to put them on a website. It's as soon as you journal it and put it in like, you know, your, your notebook, then you, you, it's in existence as soon as it's put down into a tangible medium. So that's technically the law. However, the Supreme Court has made very clear that if you want to actually get into court, you need a registration. So what that practically means in a very practical sense is if you really want to enforce your rights, you'll you'll need a registration because basically telling someone to stop using, um, it's it's not impossible, but it's going to be really difficult. And having that certificate of registration or that registration number is important because if you have someone that's sophisticated on the other side, they're just going to come back and say, well, where's your Where's your registration number? And if you actually wanted to take action against them, you to, to get into court, you need the registration number. So that's a little trick, <laughs> a little myth that I'm debunking. Yes. And the do you want to go on to the third? Do you have any? Yeah, more? I'm ready. This okay. Is great. I'm so I'm just throwing it out. <laughs> I love it. No, this is great stuff. <clears throat> and the third is: do I need contracts or do I need lawyers to review contracts? And this is the most important because so many of us just think that a handshake or DM terms or, you know, speaking to someone on, on the phone, even if you are friends with this person, is enough. And unfortunately, it's not. Contracts, contracts are technically, they could be, they could be verbal. But if something goes wrong and you have to show what the terms are, again, that's that gray area. Think dollar signs and legal battles, which you want to avoid. So that's why we have things in writing to just 
bluntly set expectations between both people to make sure that the relationship is smooth down the road. So if there's any disagreement up front, you and the other person and the other company can really flesh all that out now, (laughs) as opposed to getting in a battle down the road and potentially losing rights to the things that you've created. It's very important. Um, And then also making sure that you just don't, that you don't just sign anything. So there's hundreds of cases where we hear about really big brands and designers. Haley Page is the, the designer formerly known as Haley Page is one of them who actually lost the right to lose to use her legal name, her birth name, because she signed a really bad contract at 24 years old that transferred rights to her name. And so when she was terminated from the company, the company held the rights to the trademark, which was her personal name. So she was set apart from it. And again, this happens time and time again with Joseph Abood. Uh, this happened with Prince in in in, in a sense. So <laughs> I know, you know, that's so funny. You said that I was in Aruba a couple of weeks ago and some friends of mine, we were all talking about this, this thing that I'm looking to enter into. And they were like, you don't want to end up like Prince. And I was like, well, what was that? And they were like, you know how they say formerly known as Prince. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. So, no, it happens. Yes. And you think even if you trust the people, they're drafted by lawyers who are going to make them one sided. Like I'm if I'm drafting a contract for my client, you know, I'm, I'm going to put favorable terms in for my client. And then the expectation is that the other side is going to work with a lawyer to push back on things that they're not comfortable with. So if you just sign something, you are not getting any sort of negotiation or fair. No one's representing you if you sign. No one's advocating for you. And contracts are literally like a different language. It's taken me years to understand and read contracts. (laughs) And people think that they could do them themselves. And unfortunately, what happens is if something goes wrong and it is in the contract and you didn't know, saying I don't know is not an excuse. It's you have a duty to read and to understand the terms. And a lot of the contracts will say, I um, I agree or I attest that I have received legal counsel and that I understand the terms. So that if you ever did have a battle, all they have to do is point to that clause and you're done. And I, I'm, that's probably what happened in a lot of those situations where rights, too many rights were assigned. Mm, wow. That's the last myth is work with lawyers and, and have your own contracts in place. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's wild. And do you have any other tips for us, for the entrepreneurs out here that are listening? I think it's really important that everyone, um, you find a a legal partner, you know, we, we find business coaches, we find, uh, good assistants. Just think of it as a part of your team. You really should find a partner that's going to be your legal counselor and will help guide you because the amount of money that I can save clients is is in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, literally, if you just make a bad move or, or pick a name and throw it up on a website now, because everything is more visible, everyone's online, maybe 10, 15 years ago, you could get away with something, but with the way that everyone's so on their phones, um, the brands are watching, businesses are watching, and it's important to work with someone who you trust. 
Awesome. Okay. So I have a couple of questions for you. So the first one is about location, right? So you mentioned, you know, when 2020 came and all of a sudden everybody's online. And so it now, like, how does that work? A lot of legal things happen within the state where you have business or you reside. So tell us a little bit about that and, and how do we get around that? And what is the best way to work that way? Yeah. So I'm not a corporate attorney, but it, you raise a good point is like, where do you incorporate if you are, maybe you're physically in one state, but your business operations happen in another state and your manufacturers in another state, it gets really confusing. And so that's why everyone should talk to corporate attorneys and just figure out like, where am I going to incorporate and how to do all that? That's really an important step. Um, and then before you incorporate, you should be checking that the name that you incorporate is available with the trademark lawyer. And from the geographical region, I always start with that myth because it's really, it's really scary that the law is that. And it's because these are really, these are older laws. These laws were created like decades ago, if not <laughs> many decades ago. And they were created in an environment where there was no digital world or the internet. And now we're way past the internet. We're talking about web three and the, the metaverse. So all of these really fast developments are happening with technology, but the same laws apply. So it's, that's why working with lawyers early to kind of set out your legal action plan. That's one of the things that, uh, like my number one tip is always like the secret to smart, profitable, protected businesses is having a legal action plan in place. A lot of lawyers don't do this. They wait until people come to them with problems, but I hate litigation. I hate the problems. I want to avoid them. So that's really the first step is what I do with clients. I do what's called an IP audit where they brain dump on me and send me all of their assets and their websites and social media pages. And we get on the, we get on the phone and we actually look and say, okay, here's all your trademarks that you have, but none of them are protected or some of them. Here's all your copyrights and here's a contract checklist. And then they like, as a business owner, it's really empowering to see, wow, I have all this IP or I have all these contracts or I don't, and I need it. So it's, it's a step that is critical to any profitable and protected businesses, no matter what stage. And that's, that's the secret. If, if like that, if I could give one takeaway, one point, it's doing that with a lawyer who, who does that. <laughs> yes. Uh, right. Okay. So that was my next question, Francesca is I know all attorneys are not equal, right? How does someone choose the one that is the right one for them. Like what is, what would you say, even on both sides as a consumer, if you were trying to select an attorney with the knowledge that you already have um, and let's tell them like, what should they be looking for? It's really important to work with people who know your industry and who have advised in this industry, because there are, there are really good IP lawyers and trademark lawyers who may have never worked for a coach and they may not even understand the concept of what is a business coach and what is an online course and how to protect it and translate it into <laughs> uh, trademark terms that the government's going to accept. So that's really important is asking, have you worked with people like me? And then 
look to see who's coming to you. I am on Instagram because that's where my clients are. That's where a lot of the the entrepreneurs are. And I'm on, um, I'm on LinkedIn, but I made my main platform Instagram because I want to understand all the ins and outs, what they're doing. A lot of influencers too. You can't advise clients if you're not there with them. So I would say go to the go to where you hang out the most and see and and meet those people. But then you have to check their credentials. So then go to their website and see are they legitimate? Because anyone can just have an Instagram page and become, you know, a, a, a trademark lawyer. And then it's the no like trust factor. I put out so much content and literally by the time I have calls with clients, they're like, oh yeah, I know you went to Cardozo, you, you worked in big law, you have, you're going to have a second son. (laughs) I'm like, how do you know so much about me? And they're like the content you put out. And so that initial, uh, that initial relationship building can be done in the form of videos and, and organic content. I love it. Oh, that's such great advice because you there you you hear people all the time like lately it's been divorce attorneys, right? Like who's the best divorce attorney? Well, there's a million of them, right? And mm-hmm. how do you know? So I think that's really great the the advice you just gave and what you shared. Thank you so much for that. This has been such an interesting conversation, especially where I sit here today as an entrepreneur with a ton of IP, right? As you mentioned, you know, with podcasts and we have education and we have video and we have audio and we're we're everywhere on social media and um, and also getting ready to launch a podcast school. So there's so much. And I'm like, ah, I started to sweat a little bit. I think that was when I said, tell us number two. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's why it's for busy entrepreneurs who you guys should be continuing to grow and scale and work with coaches. So and you don't have to do the legal part. Even the DIY legal aspect, it's still not perfect because you're not a lawyer and you you don't know the legal analysis. So that's why I do that audit to really just like make it so calming at the end of the Zoom call that we go through. People are like, oh, it's just good to see it mapped out. And then we come up with an IP action plan and you don't have to do everything at once. We budget it out and we break it down into different phases so that you can budget accordingly for Q1, Q2, and even the the year after. And it takes that burden and stress off of the business owner and lets me handle it because I do this day in and day out. (laughs) I love it. That sounds like you could actually sleep at night, right? With both eyes closed. Oh my gosh. I love it. Well, this has been amazing. Let's do this. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you. Yes, I, I'm on Instagram all the time. So if you use that platform, it's at the trademark attorney. I have so much fun and free educational content. And then if you are interested, I do offer a free private IP strategy call where we get on the phone and we can discuss your business and see if you need IP protection. And then I have my website if you're interested in learning more about me, but everything is, is in there. It's francescawitzberg.com, but follow me on Instagram. 
I love it. Oh my gosh. And if you're listening right now, you can just click the show notes and it'll take you right to Francesca's uh, website and everything that she has uh, available and the services and, and all of that. So this has been so amazing. And now a word from our sponsor, Christine Trumbull, founder of Coaching the Climb, understands the challenges of building a successful business. She's faced many of those challenges herself and helped hundreds of clients build successful businesses. With the launch of her new podcast, The Climb with Christine, you will hear the same advice she gives her clients, as well as conversations with experts in a variety of topics, including business, health, relaxation, mindset, kids, and fashion. Check it out on iTunes, The Climb with Christine, and be sure to subscribe, download, and give her a rating and review. You know, on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners, we're going to bring them fierce female entrepreneurs, and we're going to share their expert zone of genius. And you did that just such amazing way today. Thank you so much for that. But we also promise them that we're not just going to spotlight your expert zone, but we are going to pull back the curtain and we're going to share with them. We want to share the real truth about entrepreneurship, about this beautiful journey that you took to get to the success and the life that you live today. See, when you get there, you look so pretty and so polished and so confident and so happy, right? But that's not what happened along the way. And so, we are just not doing them an, a, a, a service if we're just showing the pretty parts, right? It's like the highlight reel on Facebook. So we're going to share with them a little bit about your journey and what you had to do to be able to live the life you dream of today. And we're going to encourage them right now that they can do it too. Whatever it is they're facing right now that might be messy or dirty or ugly, that they can do it too. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we're going to start with the good. So let's give these listeners a story about the good or the great part of your journey. The good is that I had the best experience. I worked at, I started at, at school at the Benjamin and Cardoza School of Law, which is one of the best ranked intellectual property and entertainment and fashion law schools in the country. And got to work in in and learn in Greenwich Village, New York, with all of these amazing businesses. And when I interned at Prada and Tory Burch, it was just really exciting to leave my classroom and then get to go and work for these big companies. And outside of school, I got my first job doing what I wanted to do. I moved to big law. And the good was that I'm, I learned everything from that experience that I need to do today to advise my clients the way I want, the way that they want with more flexibility. And that's really the good is this incredible experience and legal experience that I got. Oh, and it sounds so fun and exciting and just amazing. You know, you, when you look back at that, I know we never, we never appreciate things in the moment that we have them, but when we look back, it's, I don't know why life is like that, but it's in the moments and the memories that we find the magic and, and we're so grateful. Oh, that sounds amazing. And yet we have to talk about the bad. Yes. So, yeah. So <laughs> let's tell them a story. Just 
about the bad, not the ugly. We'll save that for last. So what do you yeah. have for us? Um, I think the bad comes with the, the, the sacrifice and New York City hustle culture and corporate America and big law. It's it's real and it's harsh and very cutthroat um, to get to certain levels. You know, you're competing on a higher level, but it's also sacrifice and missing things. You know, I missed, I missed, um, I missed weddings. I missed kind of like big events. And at the end of my time, it got to the point where like all I was doing was working. I really felt that um, I didn't have any sort of, I didn't have enough flexibility to do the things that I was still passionate about. I kept having to cancel all of that. And so that was really the bad was this like intensity and this grind. Yeah. The price you have to pay, right. Or the, they, they convince you that the world convinces you that this is the price you have to pay, but it looks like you went from, um, living to work to now working to live, which yeah. I actually, I love that. That's like that story of like one spectrum to the other and how you just made that shift of like, you know, in the beginning you poured all of yourself into it and now you actually have balance. And that is so cool, but you got to have the sacrifice. I know, you know, whenever there's a bad, we're always looking back and being grateful because it taught us, right. It prepares us for what that next thing is. And it sounds like that really did that for you. Yeah. And I still work a lot. You know, I was thinking it was like, I probably work the same amount, but it's different. I'm able to be home. I can choose when to take breaks. Um, when to not, there's some nights where most nights, frankly, uh, where I stop at five, we eat dinner together as a family, my son goes to bed at seven, I'm back on. I, and then I answer emails and do the stuff that I didn't get done until like 10. Um, but then there's nights like last night where I was like, I'm tired. I need a break. I don't care. I'm going to just read a book or watch TV, whatever it is, and not feel guilty about it. There's, It's getting rid of that that guilt and realizing that I can be productive. I can be really productive like 80% of the time and then 20% of the time. It's okay just to relax. <laughs> yeah. And look how much time you got in your schedule. You got back because you're not commuting three hours a day anymore. I, that in itself is like a half a day's work, right? That if uh -huh. you're really productive. So that's amazing too. But I remember, you know, when I had my last child, I decided to leave my corporate job and work from home. And it, there's nothing like it because our kids, they're learning from us. Do you ever hear your son like repeating things that you've said? And it's, it's so fun because it's what's, what's caught, you know, not what's taught. And so if you were out working somewhere else, he would hear the dinner conversation, which is usually like a horrible day, right? Yeah. As you're unloading, like, how was your day? Oh, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> but instead he's like hearing you in casual conversation and it's all good. And it's, it's amazing good. what the difference is in that. And I think that that is amazing. And I'm so happy for you as you venture into, you know, continuing to build your family and be able to continue to keep that balance and still grow a very, very successful, reputable business that you're doing now. Um, but we have to talk about the ugly. <laughs> let's do it. Girl. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, oh, I thought she might forget. Oh, so let's tell them because this is where we get to make the biggest impact of all is when we share about the ugly. So yeah, let's give I, them that. 
so a lot of women and a lot of entrepreneurs, men and women talk about burnout and how burnout is real. And I'll never forget, I was sitting in my office and I could not, I couldn't send an email. I literally couldn't type an email because I just, I had a million thoughts going through my head. I was, I felt like I couldn't breathe. And that was my first ever, you know, moment where I was like, okay, this is, this is anxiety. Like I've, I never had anxiety before, um, until then. And I started Googling, like, what is burnout? And everything I'm reading is just like sign after sign after sign. I'm like, I'm there. If I'm not there, I'm, I'm past it. That was in the summer. And it just, when you're in an environment where like you get the job done, you get the job done. This is what we do. You're, you're getting paid a lot of money to do your job. You just do it. Um, it's, you don't think that there's any way to stop. And I just pushed through and pushed through. And there were times where, you know, trying to break out, it's like you don't want to tell other people because then it makes you look weak. Or maybe it was like my pregnancy that it was. And I just didn't want to give anyone any excuses. So I just kept pushing. And then it got to the point where I really was like, okay, I, <laughs> I'm going to set more boundaries. I'm going to really not take on as much work. But it was really difficult to, to, it's really just difficult to do that in any environment. You know, you could say, okay, I'm not going to take on much work, but it, when it comes in. So I realized that I was burnt out and had to push through. It was to the point where it was early 20, um, early 2020. And I was really just unhappy and not excited about my job. It, I almost, I almost stopped law. Like I almost was like, all right, um, maybe I'll do something different, but my son came early. <laughs> so <laughs> I physically was under just like so much stress, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to say that it was all correlated, but it probably was not really healthy. It was under, you know, my mental health and my physical health wasn't great. And then having this little baby in my arms, you know, I just talked about it early. It was like, oh, like my life is great. Life is good. I'm not my job. I am not. That was really hard too. A lot of people, we define ourselves by our jobs. And I realized I am not my job. And that ability to break away from my title and my company name and even just the lawyer changed my mind, my mindset, and allowed me to reassess and think, okay, what do I want to do next? And that's when I was like, I'm, I'm a good lawyer. I like this. I just need to find um, the right structure for me. And that was moving. I was an associate at the other firm. So I wanted to become a partner where I could build my own book of business. And so that's how it all happened. But I needed to go through that. I needed to go through the bad and the ugly to yeah. get there. 
It sounds like your son was the gift. He was like the wake up call of like, you know, if, if you're going to still keep pushing yourself, we're going to make you stop. Right. It's like the universe is saying, we're going to make you stop. We're going to give you this baby and it's going to stop you in your tracks. Uh, so it, I'm sure it's hard to say like, oh, the stress caused the baby to come early or was the baby just a gift that you needed to put you on your yeah. butt? Yeah. And get, and just refocus and figure out what was most important to you and see this, you know, get an early glimpse of what this next part of your life was going to look like. And oh my gosh, what a sweet place to be. Uh, to, to, I mean, he ushered you to this next place, which has been the best place for you. Yes. And I, I love that. That is just such a gift. Oh my gosh. And just this whole conversation has been a gift. And I know that you are encouraging so many people right now by sharing your story of, you know, going from your dream to, you know, this next place, which you didn't even know was going to be so sweet and look at you now. Yeah. So yes, that's amazing. Well, before we go, I would love to have you finish this sentence for me. Are you ready? Yes. The world would be a better place if more people knew blank. Ooh, the world would be a, a better place if more people, if more people, I think, knew how to live in abundance. I think that's it. I think really living in the mindset that no one's really, no one can tear you down except yourself. No one can stop you from doing something except yourself. Even if you have a bunch of competitors who are all doing the same thing, just be happy for them and focus on yourself. Live in abundance. <laughs> we all can be successful and happy. And I think by doing that, you focus on the good and creating wealth for yourself and for others. And the rest is just going to make you live a happy life. Oh my gosh, that's fabulous. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. And to our listeners, I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you are face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl. Get back up. Tell them, Francesca. Oh yeah. The only thing stopping you is, is you. And once you realize that, you become invincible and you can literally do anything. <laughs> Hike yourself oh up gosh. every morning. <laughs> yes, I love it. Oh my gosh. And then you become invincible. Get back up, girl, and become invincible. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review, and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.